There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions? More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. A Wendy's Frosty is something special. And for a limited time, a Frosty is just 50 cents. An American classic for a classic price. It's not quite a milkshake, not quite an ice cream cone. It's definitely chocolate or vanilla. That choice is on you. Use a spoon or a french fry. Anything goes. A Frosty makes summer special. Yep, there's nothing quite like a Frosty. And there's nothing quite like this deal. A Frosty for 50 cents. Get yours before this deal melts away. Small Frosty at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Blog Talk Radio. Now listening to Green Party Radio, coming to you live on the Bernie Crafts Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Larry Ellis. Good morning. I'm Larry Ellis, and you're not. I want to start the show today with a moment of silence to remember the 2,996 Americans that were killed on September 11, 2001. So please, one moment. Thanks, everybody. Yes. Um, and it wouldn't. That was. It, it wouldn't. Uh, well, hang on, Don. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Larry. Hang on, Don. Right. It wouldn't be right if I didn't also mention the 1.5 million Iraqi civilians that were killed for doing nothing except for living in a country with a lot of oil. Well, living, living, living under a dictator for 30 years, you know, they suffered, and then we just doubled their suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we ended their suffering all right. Yeah. But, you know, there's dictators all around the world. 
we're not getting rid of all of them. There's there's a dictator in North Korea right now. Why aren't we uh, invading North Korea? Wait a minute. I can't answer that one. There's Wait no oil second. in North Korea. Are you serious? What? There's no Don't oil in dictator? North Korea? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we'd be there if there was. Yeah, they'd be they'd be a trusted ally if there was oil there. Sure. No. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't. But the entire United States population got duped on September 11th. Yeah. Myself included. They fooled us all. Oh, oh yeah, hey, I was I was right there along with, you know, and say what you want. W was a horrible president, but I give him credit. For that one day, he actually acted right, did the right things, said the right things. I give him credit for that one day of his presidency. On 9-11, he was a good president. Now, the rest of, the rest of his presidency, yeah, we all know how it turned out. But, yeah, well, well, I, 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 I don't know, Don. I bought in. Don he, was, Don, he was the president. Why, when all the planes got grounded and couldn't fly, they still found one to fly bin Laden's family out of the United States? Well, he probably had nothing to do with that. That was probably his daddy already had that set up. So put that one on. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it, I mean, as far as saying not having anything to do with it and culpability, of course not. W was an idiot. I mean, he was a well, bigger yeah. than Ronald Reagan. Oh yeah, he was. I mean, yeah. But, um, God, Katie was the president. But yeah, here's, W was the problem. You know, the puppet masters are pulling Hillary Clinton's strings right now, too. Well, sure they are. And and the American people are falling for it. Hook, line, and oh, sinker. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I got. I saw an email last night. I couldn't believe it. It said Hillary Clinton was worried that Donald Trump was going to rig and try and steal the election with voter suppression. We have to stop it. <laughs> you, know, you know what that's like? I'll give you the perfect analogy. That's like um, the Iron Sheik worrying that Sergeant Slaughter was going to pay off the referee in a, in a wrestling match. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, we got a special guest today, Don? Yeah, um, I, a well-educated, well-spoken guest is going to make us sound stupid, but that's okay. We're here to, uh, you know, educate, so we don't mind if Dr. Joe Imperato makes us sound kind of stupid. Yeah, he's a Harvard-educated oncologist. He's the uh, past president of the Illinois chapter of the American Cancer Society. He's also the past president of the physicians at, um, you've probably heard of it, Lake Forest Northwestern Hospital, which is, you know, at Northwestern University, it's one of the finest hospitals in the country. Um, here to talk to us about, you know, one of the Green Party's biggest platforms. It, and Hillary talks about it too, but it's all just blah blah blah. She doesn't mean it. You know, Medicare for all. When, when Obamacare, when Obama pushed through Obamacare, he could have done Medicare for all. The, the Democrats controlled Congress. They could have just said yes, everybody gets health coverage, and they could have passed it, but they didn't because they didn't want to. But um. They didn't yep. want to. Absolutely right. Because when Obama took office, we had control of the Senate. Exactly. For two years and the House. The Democrats ran it all. They could have done whatever mm-hmm. they wanted. And he uh, chose not to do Medicare. 
for all. Exactly, exactly. But um, well, you know, absolutely. Like to a lot of people, from what I'm told, uh, the doctors really they 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 think it's a great idea. You know, we're going to go ahead and I put him on the do. line. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and put him on. Uh, I think he's on now. Yeah, Doctor Joe Imperato. It's great to have you on the air. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm just going to call you Dr. Joe because I don't want to destroy your last name, sir. That's okay. You did a pretty good job. (laughs) (laughs) That was my brother. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I hope hope you don't get confused. People say we sound pretty much alike. We try not to, but, but, I mean, we're brothers, so we kind of sound the same. You can tell the difference because I'm the one that sounds smart. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Did we'll I say smart or smart ass? I'm sorry. We'll, we'll get started today uh, with Larry's over there. He's gone senile, apparently. Um, which what I touched on, now you, you stated to me when we had some discussions before the show that you and other physicians started talking about Medicare for All as far back as the late 90s. Why? Why did, why did doctors think that's a good idea? So you have to realize 90s were a pretty tumultuous time because Hillary Clinton came out with her what ultimately turned out to be a failed uh, health plan, uh, basically a precursor to, to Obamacare. And what happened at that time is because people thought that law was going to be passed, there were a lot of hospitals that, that bought up physicians groups. Uh, then that failed, and they ended up firing all these physician groups. Then we had the uh, – the tech bubble burst in, in uh, 98. Uh, we had a lot of people uh, that, that were out of jobs, uninsured. Um, we also had problems with the HMOs and uh, with you know, narrow networks, meaning uh, if you wanted to come see me but I wasn't in your network, you, know, you couldn't come see me. So there, were, there was just huge problems with the, the uh, healthcare industry at that time. And on top of it, at that time in the 90s, Medicare paid, relatively speaking, they paid quite well, and they paid in a very straightforward fashion. So it was very easy to to bill uh, Medicare, and and you knew exactly what you were going to get. So back at that time, we started saying if they want to do this, why not just make Medicare available to everybody and just be done with it? Yeah, the other problem, too, is, is you know, the private insurance industry, especially at that time, the overhead was something like 30 to 40% was administrative costs. And with Medicare, it, it's less than 10%. So we, we foresaw that there would be a lot of uh, potential for savings as well. So that, that's what precipitated back in the 90s. So, so you're saying that, and I'm sure it's still the same today, if not worse, because we know that drug companies spend on advertising versus research. It's like 18 or 19 to 1. You're saying the big problem, like you said, 10% versus 30 to 40%. People don't want to believe it. But the big problem with medic- medical coverage today is insurance companies and their CEOs have to make millions of dollars. They're the problem. Well, it's it's certainly a part of it. Now, the law has changed, and they uh, I think they're limited to only making 20% profit. I believe that uh, the, the law has changed. So they can only, quote, make 20% profit, um, but yeah. nevertheless, a lot of, a lot of health care dollar goes to that overhead. Yeah, well, that that sounds about right. Uh, I guess just kind of a follow-up. What what are you kind of touched on it? What are some of the frustrations that you as physicians deal with while, when you're trying to deal with insurance companies? It's kind of frustrating. So, 
right now, the biggest problem that that we face is I see. So I'm an oncologist. I'm a cancer specialist. I see, so everybody that comes to me has a diagnosis of cancer. Uh, so these are not just random people walking in off the street. These people all have cancer. They're all in so they can get treatment, and I treat with radiation. So in order to treat a person properly, there's certain tests I need to order, and then I can determine how I want to treat them. And in the past, that was fine. That was all well and good. I ordered the test I needed. I set up the plan the way I wanted it, and that was fine. Now the insurance companies start to second-guess me. So I want to order a, uh, a CAT scan or an MRI or a PET scan. Insurance company, I say, well, we're not paying for that. And it's like, why not? It's like, well, because it's not indicated. And it's like, well, I understand what you're saying, but in this case, it is indicated because this particular patient has blah, blah, blah. They don't care. Uh, then I want to treat you in a particular way, uh, and I don't want to get to the technical details, uh, but basically there's different options in treating with radiation. But the insurance company may not allow it. They may say, no, you can only treat this way. Um, and in the past, when that occurred, we could usually do what's called a peer-to-peer, a peer-to-peer. So I would call the insurance company. I would speak to a doctor. The doctor would say, yeah, I understand exactly what you're talking about. Go ahead. And they'd give me approval. Now, it's, it's no, that's not what our guidelines say. And these, these insurance companies, they all have their guidelines. And if it doesn't fall in the guidelines, they, they, that, the answer is no. It's just no. Well, are these guidelines, are they, are they set by doctors? <clears throat> well, the, so here's an interesting thing. At one point, I was actually uh, a recruiter called me to, to, uh, for a job working with one of these companies. And I actually pursued it. I, I looked into it and um, actually spoke to a doctor I knew who was doing the job. And, um, you know, he's telling me kind of what his day was like. And then he goes to me, he goes, now you do realize that you're not just going to be doing, um, making decisions on cancer patients. I, I go, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, well, you know, you'll be seeing cardiology cases and orthopedics and neurosurgery. I go, what the hell do I know about that? He goes, ah, don't worry, we'll come back to you. And, and, and we, plus we have these guidelines. And I'm thinking, holy crap! I haven't done like cardiology since medical school. I, I don't, I don't even know the names of drugs anymore. So, so these guidelines are are what are theoretically considered best practices. They 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 are put together by medical teams, but guidelines are exactly that. Guidelines are guidelines. They they don't they they they, they may apply to ninety five percent of the people with that diagnosis, but there's going to be exceptions. That there's, there's right, only, like, in like medicine that's like for the medium, right? Right, exactly. So the the problem is, and and granted, there there are times where doctors we we waste. There's a lot of stuff we do waste. We do order, you know, there there are unnecessary tests that are ordered. There are unnecessary treatments that are given. I, I mean, I I grant you, we're not perfect in that regard by any stretch of the imagination, but we've lost all flexibility in trying to, uh, to trying to make the care specific to that individual, uh, and and it's it, it's and it's frustrating and it's very frustrating. Well, when you give wow authority to deny access to care to an insurance company who only looks at the bottom dollar, the, the bottom line, that's what's going to happen. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, right. it, it's set up to be that way. But in in some hey. ways, this is the direction that, that healthcare 
is heading and, and probably to some degree has to head because of just the, the amount of dollars that, that we're spending. Uh, and like I said, you know, we, part of our problem is we, we do waste a lot of health care dollars. Sure. I mean, so yeah, there, there has to be some kind of has to be some kind of I mean, you can't just go willy nilly because, you know, I mean, just like any other field of work, not all doctors are 100 percent honest. Some of them are just going to order tests that they know the patient doesn't need just so they can get paid and, you know, buy a new Corvette or whatever sports car doctor you drive. Now, I mean, I guess even if Medicare for all, there would be limits, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of one of the biggest problems we we confront today is what's called futile care, futile care. So so you'll see an 89-year-old grandma, you know, with widely metastatic lung cancer, you know, it spreads throughout her entire body, and you know, and, and people are saying like, well, we want everything possible done for Nana. So so she ends up spending the last three weeks of her life in in the intensive care unit with a tube down her throat while she gets one more cycle of chemotherapy, which does nothing. And, uh, and in the meanwhile, we've spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on those last three weeks of care, and that, that accomplished absolutely nothing. Uh, we, we've, so we've got to draw some of these lines. And that actually, that e- exact example is what started the whole thing with Obamacare with the death panels. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to kill grandma stuff like that. No, we're not going to we're not going to put a pillow over grandma's face. But what we're going to do is when there's really nothing more for us to offer as far as treatment, you know, make sure that she's comfortable, make sure that she's cared for properly, make sure she has hospice, make sure that the family has support so that she can die in peace at home instead of, you know, uh, 17 tubes shoved into her body. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of my line of thought. Larry and I had this discussion last night. Yeah, instead of you know spending your last two weeks of your life you know in a hospital, stuffed full of tubes, just so your family could come visit you for an hour a day and, and basically look at you when you're, I mean it sounds bad, a vegetable and have no chance of recovering. Like you said, to go home, die in peace. Your family's there seven, and you may, like you said, you may pass two weeks earlier, but you've saved thousand dollars. Right, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and and so so I mean there, there, there's a right, and so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects of where we we can improve on our care, uh, and and save money, and we're not denying care. How, I mean, so go, ahead, how do we go about? How do we go about lowering the price of prescription medication in this country? Because there are far too many people that just can't afford to take their medication, can't afford to buy it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great well, question. I'm, I'm not retired. I make a pretty decent living. And I've been given medication by doctors that I was so had to go like, oh, doctor, I couldn't afford to buy that. I just couldn't do it. So I've, I've gone without it. And I, right. I can't well, imagine, me, and I'm, I'm not even 50. I, I can't imagine somebody on a fixed income. Go ahead. No, I'll say, yeah, let me follow up on that because I have a, a good personal story for it. You know, thanks to my indiscretions as a youth, youth, I have hepatitis C. <laughs> Fighting with Aetna, who Aetna's trying to pull out of Obamacare on a related mm-hmm. note, but, you know, you know, I've been, I've had all my tests, blood work. I had a liver biopsy, which is a surgery, you know, I, to prove that I have stage three cirrhosis in the liver. I really need to get rid of this hepatitis 
Now they've come out with a medication, Harvoni, that's 95% effective. That can be cured. That's right. Aetna's doing everything they can, still haven't approved me, because here in the United States, Harvoni costs $1,000 a pill, and it's like 70 or 80 bucks a pill in other countries. So, yeah, go ahead, Dr. How What can we do about these crazy prescription prices? Anything? All right, well, let, let's just start from the beginning. Medicare, Medicare, by law, by law, may not negotiate drug prices. Now, you stop and think about that for a minute, and you, you think to yourself, what was exactly going through Congress's head when they passed that law? And obviously, nothing was going through their head, but money was going into their pockets. I mean, without right. doubt. So, I mean, it, it, it's patently absurd. Just the, the whole that, that is patently absurd. The frustration is universal, including both – for me, with just the pills that I got to take and, and pills that I prescribe, it, it makes no sense that we are paying you know, double or sometimes triple or, or maybe even quadruple what people in other countries are paying for the same medication. Now, the, you know, the argument historically has been from the drug companies is, well, look, if you don't give us these prices – Research and development is, is going to grind to a halt because we need this money to research these drugs because and – and they're a little correct in this regard. The FDA, the, the way the FDA works, it, it is very, very expensive to bring drugs uh, to market. I, I, I grant them that. And my response to that is, okay, well, you know what? The world is benefiting from these drugs. So if they don't want research and development to grind to a halt, well, then they should be ponying up more money as well. Why do we have to bear the entire brunt of that? Um, so they, they, they've got to change that law. They've got to allow Medicare to, to be able to negotiate uh, drug prices with, with these, these drug companies. I, I mean, there, there's just no other way around it. And, uh, but, it, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a tough battle. I mean, the pharmaceutical industry is, is, is a very powerful lobby, and uh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. The, the, some of these things like the, the EpiPen, for example, uh, where it's almost like they're, they're – they're scoffing at people by saying, "Hey, we're just going to arbitrarily, you know, increase this price, uh, you know, by, by a ridiculous amount." Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that I think that's going to be EpiPen, that's going to come to an end. Wasn't the EpiPen that wasn't the research for that funded by the government in the first place? Yes, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, you know, yeah. So they can't well, they I, can't use the excuse they can't use the excuse of research and development for that drug. The government funded the research for that drug in the first place. Yeah, well, it, 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 you know, that was just that's just a straight up price gouge. Is all that was. Right. Right. Yeah, it's all profits, and you know, as I touched on earlier, it's it starting to get out there now. People starting to find out that drug companies spend like eighteen to one advertising versus research. They can't blame it on research; it's advertising. And I don't understand because, you know, I I've never personally watch the commercial for a product and said, oh, hey, you know, and let me call my doctor and see if he'll give me that because, I mean, and you know, uh, doctors I already know what they need to give their patients, right? D direct-to-consumer advertising has 
confused me. Honest to God, as a physician, direct consumer advertising confused me from the get-go, other than maybe the Viagra. Over the counter. Well, now they have the, the latest Viagra. Now they have a mistress. They don't even. They don't even like. They don't even act like it's going to be like your wife. And now, now it's like a, a, a commercial with a mistress in it. You know, and you don't want to be embarrassed in front of your mistress. But, but yeah. other than that one. Some of these others, I'm sitting there, you know, restless leg syndrome, and I'm going like, who the hell has this? I mean, like, what is this? And but what it has done, believe it or not, apparently people do go to the doctor and say, hey, you know, I think I maybe I need this drug or maybe I need that drug, and some of these things are not hard and fast diagnoses. It's not like strep throat where I can do a culture and, and prove you have strep throat, you know. So. Apparently it works. I mean, they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. Uh, but they think that's one of the reasons drug costs are going up is because people are coming in, re- literally requesting uh, these drugs based on a commercial. Yeah, and I'm assuming, doctor, that that a lot of times they see this commercial and they go ask for this drug that they're going to spend five six hundred dollars for the prescription. When you can prescribe them a generic or a different drug that's going to treat their problem just as well. Absolutely, right. Yeah. Now, now some of these drugs don't have generics, you know. So, so those are the ones where where those are the ones I think that are more commonly uh, advertised because uh, the drug company doesn't want to risk that that you know generics are going to get prescribed. Oh, sure, sure. But in that case, you probably there's there may be another drug you can prescribe that is either cheaper or there is a generic. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's kind of what I thought. No. Yeah. I just I have, I have never in my life gone to my doctor and suggested a drug that I saw in a commercial. Yeah. I I, I understand people have to be doing it or, or they wouldn't advertise it, but it just doesn't make sense to me. I go to the doctor for his opinion, not to give him mine. <laughs> well, thank you. As a doctor, let me tell you, I really appreciate that. Not a problem, well, sir. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, yeah, you know, and now I see, and I knew about Harbony. I was first diagnosed with Hep C in 2008. It was an accident. I had blood work done because I was having surgery on my shoulder. I found out that I had this. And my doctor at the time um, told me, don't go through the treatment. The old treatment, I don't remember what they're called because they're obsolete now. You know, they were horrible, had horrible side effects. Oh, it's interfering. me. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, interferon. You know, my doctor told me, you know, that look, this, this drug is coming out soon, this Harbony, and it's it's a miracle drug. It will cure Hep C. So I knew about it and didn't go for the treatment then. Uh, but now I see the Harbony commercials everywhere. But, yeah, doctors are telling patients usually about these drugs before they ever come out. You don't need to advertise them. Right. Right. Well, I'm a little bit. Um, this is a flip. So on your uh, on your blog, I forgot to mention that before you come on. I'm sorry. Dr. Jill also writes a blog for ChicagoNow.com. Go to ChicagoNow.com. It's healthcare mythologies, and it's a really good blog. A lot of mythologies. I mean, basically, it's right there in the title about healthcare. The, the people people have all these ideas in their head, just like you know, seeing a new drug and that'll work for me. A lot of a lot of misconceptions in the in their head. And Dr. Joe tries to dispel them. It's a really good blog. Go check it out. ChicagoNow.com, Health Care Mythologies. And now one of the things that you say right in your um, bio on the blog, you don't you don't get into political things, which is 
you know, which is perfect for what you're writing. But I want to touch on political take for just a minute. What do you think about Dr. Drew? Uh, you've probably all heard Dr. Drew. It's uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky, I think is his last name. He got fired. They took his 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 show off of CNN simply because he speculated about Hillary's health. What do you think of that? Well, in, okay. In fairness, let's let's be. Re- Dr. Drew, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, okay, these are TV doctors. These yeah, are, I, I mean, I meant, they, yeah, I'm sorry, doctor. I left that out. They're not doctors anymore. They're TV personalities. Okay. I mean, they, they, they have medical degrees, don't get me wrong, but they're, but they're TV personalities. And, and listen, you know, he who pays the piper calls a tune. You know, I think if you're working yep. in that industry, and, and, and remember, he – uh, he apparently speculated at one time about Hillary and had to retract his statement. There, huh. there was an episode where he, he uh, speculated about Hillary's health. He had to retract his statement. So my guess is he probably got warned, you know, saying don't don't do that again. You embarrass us. And then he went and he did it again. And that, that's just the way it goes. Uh, you know, I mean. I, I think they had the, the show has. I mean, the the network has every right to to decide who they want um, on their shows. Oh sure, I mean, and you know, say what you want about CNN and call it Clinton News Network, which is you know, <laughs> not not that far off from the truth. But I mean, you are right. If you know they're they're writing your paycheck, you, you know, just like you can't walk in the office and call your boss a jerk, you know, he's probably going to fire you. So I mean, I understand that, and you know. What we and you may not be comfortable with this, and I don't know how much you follow politics. What do you think? I mean, do you feel like giving an opinion on what you see from Hillary? I mean, do you, do you so, think she's so, suffering from some disease? This is so. This is okay. So first of all, you have to realize doctors love trying to make these mystical diagnoses. I mean, pe- people doctors have written for years about like you know how did King Tut die and did you know Abraham Lincoln have Marfan syndrome? And we 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 love to speculate on this crap. But but it is it is speculation. And I belong to uh, there's a doctor's medical bulletin board uh, called Sermo, S E R M O. Uh and doctors from all over the world will will speculate. Um you know, this is what we know about, about Hillary. We we know she had a concussion. Uh, we know she had uh, two twice. She had deep venous thromboses, uh, which means blood clots. She had blood clots, and the big thing now is she has this cough. Uh, and and then, and again, some people say, well, she doesn't really have this cough. It's just that people uh, put together multiple episodes of her coughing. So it looks like she's coughing all the time, but that's really not the case. And the, 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 the problem is the diagnosis can run to, um, you know, allergies as, as she's claimed. Uh, some people have speculated maybe esophageal GERD, you know, gastroesophageal reflux, uh, all the way up to, uh, you know, does she have lung cancer? Does she have sarcoid? Does she you know, is she throwing pul- uh, pulmonary emboli? Uh, I've heard syphilis too. Syphilis, <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't really. Know yes. I don't know that syphilis gives you a cough. <laughs> I don't think syphilis. No, no, I just heard that is. No, no I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily for the cough, but I've heard that people have said that that's one of her problems is that Bill gave her syphilis. No, no that, that, that that's too easily treatable. 
it would be hard right, to believe right. that, that it'd be hard to believe that that it would get to uh, an advanced stage. Uh, but people have speculated about how severe her concussion was. Uh, has she really recovered from all that? But this is the problem. It, it's all speculation. You know, one of one of the simple questions I asked, uh, and of course nobody knows the answer, is well, you know, she has this cough. Well, has she had a chest X-ray? I don't know. She probably has, but we don't know. And and uh, I, it, it's very it, it's like I said when you have these these sort of random symptoms, uh, you can piece them together in in any way, shape, or form that you really want, and almost come up with any diagnosis that you want. Uh, really, the only one that's going to know for certain would be her own uh, physician. And that assumes, and that assumes both that she allows her physician to do what needs to be done. In other words, the, the physician may say, hey, we need to get a chest x-ray, and she may say no. Or the physician may say, look, you have reflux, so you need to go on, uh, you know, like Nexium, and she may say no. Uh, you know, so, we, so she may have some simple problems, and she's just refusing to, to, to take the treatments. We, we don't we don't know the answer to any of those questions. So anything is is, is really purely uh, speculative. Oh, sure. Is that, I mean, a round that, of, is that a roundabout enough answer? No, that's, yes, that's yes. perfect. What are, I mean, what, what are the glasses for that she had to wear? Um, apparently, after the concussion, she had double vision. So she had to wear something. I had to actually look this up. They're called Fresnel glasses. There's some kind of... Uh, particular prismatic glasses that, that helped with the, the double visions. And I guess you had to wear them. They, they said that you wear them for a couple of months. So apparently yeah, the was, was was pretty severe. Well, okay. I, I know this isn't anywhere near your field specialty. I'm sure you haven't covered it since medical school. But since, you know, they are admitting that she had a concussion. I've had a concussion. I know what it does to me. You know, what, what – what what can you tell us out of you know out of your knowledge from medical school thirty some years ago? What how would a concussion affect her 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 possibility of you know being able to do the job of president? Well, yeah, you don't have to go back to medical school. I mean, look look what they've done with you know with National Football League has brought the whole concept of, of concussions into into the forefront. So I mean, most people that have concussions, the majority of people that have concussions, assuming that they're not repeated. Uh, recover from them fully. They they, they re- completely recover from them. Uh, is it possible that as a result of the the severity of this concussion, she has as some have again speculated that she has some kind of you know brain damage? I I found that hard to believe because again I didn't have the impression her concussion was that severe. It wasn't like she was in a coma for six weeks. Uh, so. It, 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 you know, there are issues with, uh, you know, possibility of short-term memory loss and, and things like that. And people, for example, in her FBI testimony, you know, claimed repeatedly that she didn't remember. Well, you know what? Everybody, when you're being investigated by the FBI, claims they didn't remember whether you had a concussion or not. So, I, so I, I don't know that you can put all that much weight into that. Yes. I mean, you could try to draw that. a conclusion between the two, but I don't know that, that that that's it could be real, but but I don't think it's necessarily real. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there I, were I don't recall. <laughs> emails emails came out that her her aide Huma Abedin claims mm-hmm. that she's confused quite often. Can that be a result right. of her concussion? 
Possibly, yeah, possibly, or or maybe there there's uh, something else going on. I've I've literally I, the doc, I've heard people say that she has Parkinson's. Uh, I, I mean, I've the speculation is is rampant. The speculation is absolutely rampant. Um, and unless she releases her medical records, which probably she'll release right after Trump releases his. Uh, Tax return. Uh, no, we're, we're never going to know. We're never going to know these answers because we don't know what testing has been done. We don't know what the results of those tests are. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, time will tell. You know what's going to be interesting to me? I think the big test is going to be at the uh, when she she has to debate Trump. And let's see how she behaves. Let's see if she's coughing during the debate. Let's see if she's, you know, shaking uncontrollably. I mean, this is going to be a great, you know, uh, time to to really closely observe and see how she does. Oh, that's a great point. I never thought of that. But yeah, I, you know, she's up there. She gives a rally. You know, she gives a speech for fifteen minutes and she's gone. Right. Yeah, the debates. The debates. She's going to be up there for an hour or two. You know, and. Like you said, if she's got a problem, they're not going to be able to hide it. Right, right. So, have you seen have you seen the the photographs or the video footage of the large black Secret Service guy carrying what looks like a injection needle in his hand? Yes, I, I've seen that. I've also the latest one I just saw it today on Facebook, or maybe it was last night. But somebody was. Uh, Commenting that they think she has a bulge in her leg, meaning she has a, a, a Foley bag, meaning, she, meaning she's catheterized, because she can't control her urine. I mean, you know, it, it came out in her emails. It came out in her emails that she does wear depends. It, it, Is that it was right? In emails. Yes, sir. It, it, it oh. that absolutely came out. So, so some, but she's also seventy years old. Well, that's yeah. Right. I mean. Right, there are a lot of women, you know, that that need to wear space. and especially realistically, and I'm not, and I'm not joking here, but if she's coughing all the time, a lot of women that age have difficulty uh, controlling their urine if they're, you know, coughing, especially if they're coughing hard. So I, I, I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah, that, you know, I mean, I, I mean, don't, all, I don't really reason. see it as much of an issue. Well, I'm more concerned with her, with her mental state. You know, I would personally, if you ask me. I'm way more concerned with medical records than tax returns if somebody's running for president. Right. You know, because they're all going to try and cheat on their taxes. They're a bunch of millionaires, <laughs> if not billionaires. They're all well, going to cheat on their taxes. Right. And we don't like to know. I'd like to know what, what Trump's blood pressure runs and what, what's his uh, cholesterol level and, uh, you know, everything. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, there, there's, there's, some, there's some validity to that. I mean, Trump is not a, a complete picture of health either. We don't know. Uh, so I agree with you. I think that there, there is some uh, legit, more legitimacy in many ways to, to what, their, what their health is like than what their financial shenanigans uh, were. Because they'll, they'll, you know, they, they, they all have them, every one of them. But I think we have about the same chance of finding out her medical records as we do hearing one of her Goldman speeches. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, I'm wondering if that's what Assange, Assange is going to release in October. Because he claims he has a bombshell. And I wonder if it hasn't, if it's either not going to be one of those or maybe something related to her health. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I can't imagine that you know she did all these speeches. You know, in, in this day and age of you know everybody. Well, I don't have a smartphone, but most everybody has a phone that's capable of taking at least audio, if not video. I just refuse to believe that during some, at least one of these speeches, one person in the audience wasn't sitting there taping the whole thing and has it, you know, saved on their hard drive or something. It's there's no way. Yeah, I I have to agree with you, but listen, no, who knows? But I wouldn't at those speeches. Maybe they collected everybody's phone before you walked in. Ready to speak. Hillary Clinton is a paranoid person because she knows how much she lies. She she knows she she knew that if she gave those speeches, that a lot of people weren't going to like what she had to say. So I I can see them frisking people at the door and taking their phones. Yeah, I wouldn't put absolutely. past them at all. You know, just like just like when she has a a, a rally and people show up to see, she makes them sign a pledge on their way in. They have to sign up. They're pledging to vote for Hillary before they can attend a rally. All two hundred of them. <laughs> Well, obviously that's but yeah, I can see. Well, you're in the audience, and you're you're filming Hillary. I bet your Secret Service uh, guy taps you on the shoulder and and uh, uh, takes your phone or and you know and deletes it. I mean, that I I, I wouldn't put it past them. I, I mean, I, I think that, that that probably those probably were pretty well controlled. You know, I, I've also heard theories from people that there were no speeches. That the speeches actually they never happened. That that's just an excuse that they used to give her the money and call it a speaking fee. No. Well, I would I would think if that was the case, you know, they would at least have her come in and say hi to a meet and greet or something. They wouldn't just, you know, say she was here when she well, wasn't. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it could it could easily have been a meet and greet, and or, or her her speech could have consisted of, "Hey, thank you for having me. Love the you know, love seeing you guys." And uh, you know, uh, so I mean, right? There, there may have been not, literally there may have been nothing of substance in her speeches, and and that's just as damning as well. If you you hear one of her Absolutely. speeches and and and, and it's and it's three minutes long, and it's mostly, "Hey, I just want to thank you know Bill for inviting me, and and John, uh, good to see you again, and and thank you, and enjoy your lunch." You know, I mean. And, uh, and then they the get a quarter of a million dollars for it. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you listening to the Green Party Radio? We're on the Blog Talk Radio, the uh, Bernie Crest Radio Network, with Dr. Joe Imperato, Harvard-educated oncologist. Uh, he's been practicing for over 30 years. He's really given us a lot of great info. I want to get back. Um, I, I love talking about Hillary. But, you know, the reason we had you on, actually, was for your medical knowledge and for uh, you know, the Green Party, it's all in for Medicare for All, which Hillary used to claim to be. Now I don't think she's even claiming that she wants that. But what do you think the chances are, Doctor? Do you think we'll ever reach a point in this country where we can join the rest of the civilized world, basically? Everywhere else you go, they have, you know, health care is a right. The government goes see a doctor. You don't have to worry about your insurance company and co-pays and everything else, do you think there's a chance that could happen in this country as powerful as pharmaceutical and insurance lobbies are? I, I think what we will get to is we're going to get to essentially a two-tiered system. So I think that the, the vast majority will be essentially a, a single-payer system. And I'll tell you, 
in the, you know, since the 90s, it's no longer going to be Medicare for all. I think it's going to be Medicaid for all uh, because Medicare now would, would probably be too expensive. So I think what you're going to see is that the vast majority of people, kind of like the people that, a lot of the people that are on Obamacare, uh, it's basically going to be Medicaid for all, and then there will be a small portion of the population based either on on their 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 jobs or their their personal income that are going to be able to afford a a higher uh tier insurance just like it every country that has socialized medicine has a two tiered system where you want to pay out of pocket you know you get you get moved to the front of the line and 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 stuff like that <clears throat> i think we we are we are headed there and i think if hillary wins my feeling is she will finish what Obamacare has essentially started. And I think you're going to see further consolidation of the health insurance industry. You're going to see further insurance, um, consolidation of providers, so you know, hospital systems getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I think you're, you're going to see all of that as we go towards that, that single-payer uh, system. We, we will get there. Okay. You know, I just just came into my head another question because you mentioned hospitals. Um, one of your blogs, you uh, the topic of it was, you know, the the, the rating system for hospitals <laughs> and, and how it doesn't mean a you know it doesn't mean a damn thing. And you know, I speak a little bit to this personally because I worked in a hospital for about four years. Now I wasn't in the medical field. I ran the linen department. Okay. So, but I mean, because of that, I knew everybody because everybody needs linen. And I, you know, I but I and I saw. You know, because they checked us out too. You know, you knew months in advance when these people were coming in to rate your hospital. You know, you, they came in, you wanted them, you dined them, you sixty nine them. You know, and you were putting your best foot forward. You know, so yeah, can you touch on that? Uh, how the hospital ratings don't don't follow them; they don't really mean anything. <clears throat> okay, so you have to understand how these rating systems work, <clears throat> and and to my credit, although no nobody will give me this credit. I talked about this back in, in 2010 when I was president of the medical staff at, at Lake, uh, Lake Forest Hospital. I, I, I stated that these, these um, rating systems were a joke because what they do is they will choose, let's say, 10 criteria. So we are going to measure you on these 10 criteria, and that's going to be the basis of your rating. And my first comment was, is, well, everybody then is just going to focus on those 10 criterion, and the, and the rest can go to hell yep. because it doesn't matter. They don't get measured on that. <laughs> and, and, right. and so there are hospitals that, without a doubt, are very good at gaming the system. And, and so they get, they get you know, the, the top rating. There are other hospitals that, based on the fact that they serve – for example, uh, uh, an indigent population that cannot possibly meet those standards. They can't. They, they just cannot. Po- so they'll get, they'll get a lousy ranking even though they are providing a, an extremely valuable service and they're, providing, and they're providing excellent care to the extent that they can based on the limits of, of their resources and based on the types of patients that they're seeing. Um, and you can go so you can go to a five star hospital 
And, you know, you can be sitting there and, and, you know, buzzing the bell all night and there's no nurse, you know, available to come around to give you your pain pill. But, but they'll, you know, they'll still get their, their, their five-star rating because they did, they fulfilled all these other uh, criteria. So that, that's what people have to keep in mind is these ratings are based on, on well-defined criterion. And there's multiple rating systems and each one uses different criterion. So you can pick and choose which one you think is going to be the, the, the one that's going to get you the most bang for the buck as far as your, your PR. So all the hospitals decide which ones they really want to be you know, ranked top in. Uh, you know, like Northwestern, for example, wants to be in the top ten of the U.S. News and World Report. Uh, that and, and they are, and they're within. You know, they're ranked as one of the top ten hospitals in, in the country, and that's their goal. But in terms of the Medicare, they were ranked only three stars out of five, which is kind of like a you know an average grade. Uh, so, how does that make sense? How can you be the, one of the top ten hospitals in the country yet Medicare ranks you as average? You know, it, sure. it, again, it just it, it just depends on, on on the criterion, and also some again it, when you're an academic hospital, you're dealing with extremely uh, typically you're dealing with very sick cases because that's why they're coming to you. The community hospital can't can't handle them, and uh, you know you're you're not going to be able to fulfill all of these criteria. Sure. Yeah. Like like I said, with my personal experience, you know, I remember when they came around to do the ratings. I can't remember the company. It's been too long ago. And, you know, they came in to tell me certain things we as the linen department needed to do to make sure these people were okay with us, keep the carts covered, whatever BS it was. And I'm thinking, really, I mean, we, we're passing out towels and sheets. You know, you care how we do our job as you're going to rake the hospital? I'm, I'm not going to a hospital to make sure i got a hot towel as I'm waiting for the doctor. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, some of the criterion, some of the criterion, Make sense, and some of the criteria have been useful, but some of them are like patently absurd. You know, they, they have, for example, what's called never events. Okay, so so in a hospital, no one should ever fall in a hospital. Nobody should fall out of bed, fall going to the bathroom. That should never happen. So my comment was, well, you're an inner city hospital, and one of the things your ER is seeing are all of these, like, drug addicts that, that are coming in. And, of course, you can't restrain them anymore. You know, that, that, nope. That's a no-no. You can't restrain them. Nope. So this, 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 like, you know, this guy that's going through DTs and, and heroin withdrawal, like, jumps out of bed and, like, falls, you're going to get dinged for that. Well, I, I mean, that, 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 that's meaningless. That's insane. Um, you know, so... So there's a lot of the, these criteria, and here's the problem: some of these criteria are established by the government. They're established by, by you know, by non-physicians. Determine, oh, this is really what we should be looking at, uh, and you know, and and that's why, and they don't make sense. But nevertheless, that's what the hospitals have to uh, follow, and that in order to get top ratings. Well, sure. No, nobody wants grandma to fall getting up out of bed, going to the bathroom, you would hope there's an aid to help her. But, yeah, if somebody what? is in there because they overdose on PCP and you can't restrain them, how are you going to keep them from falling out of bed? Right. It's right. It's ridiculous. Right. So, but, uh, so, that, so, that, so that's the problem. So the, and, and there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's rating systems for doctors, for example. And uh, so 
here's what, you know, one of the biggest things, uh, and I'm going to drag this into the conversation because I think it's so pertinent right now. You know, we, have this, opioid, we have this opioid epidemic in this country, you know, prescription drug overdose. All right? it's, a, it's a huge problem. Well, one of the reasons is that in the past, a, a drug addict would go to the emergency room and try to get some prescription, some pain pills. And the ER doc would look at his record, see that this guy's been here you know, several times before, you know, talk to him about you know, you know, maybe considering going and getting in a, a, a different uh, uh, you know, option to go into rehab, things like that. Now, the problem is th- these guys come in. First of all, the ER doc is measured on productivity, meaning he doesn't have hours to spend with, with a, a, dr- a strung-out drug addict to try to convince him to go into rehab. And number two, if he doesn't give the guy the prescription for some pills, the guy will go out, and then he gets in the mail from the hospital a, uh, a Prescani, uh, uh, basically a form saying, like, you know, how did you, know, how did you like our service? Mm-hmm. So, so the guy's gonna, you know, give everything like, you know, bad ratings, you know, basically Fs, saying because he didn't get his stupid drugs. So then, at the end of the the year, they're gonna pull this doctor and say, man, you got like, you got a whole bunch of like really bad ratings. You know, we're we're not gonna give you an increase, so we're gonna have to let you go. So, so, so now if some of these guys walk into the ER. They just write him a script for five pills, just to, number one to get him out of there, and number two so that at least they're happy. So if they get a, a stupid survey, they'll they'll say, oh, this guy was great. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they get that. It's just yeah, they get you know, that press in the mail. Yeah, they get a, they give him a five. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's it's just it's just it, it's ridiculous. The 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 whole this whole rating system has gotten. It's just gotten completely out of hand. It's just it just makes no sense whatsoever. Okay, this this is completely off the wall. Don't answer if you don't feel comfortable. But uh, just my own personal experience, because I, you know, luckily I don't have a problem with pain pills. I prescribe ninety a month. I need them. I have nerve damage in my back, and I have bad arthritis from car wreck. I need them just to function. But the thing is, you know, I could get the same thing if I smoke a little weed. You know, I, I don't hurt. You know, I, I can function just fine. What you know, if you have, and lots of states at least now have it. If you have medical marijuana, you, you could do away with, with. I think a lot of these people going out and trying to get pain pills. You know, going to the ER for a bill they can't pay just so they can get, like you said, buy pain pills so they can get high that night. What do you think about medical marijuana? And, and, so, and I know it, it does relate to you because they say a lot of it helps with cancer. So what, what's your opinion? Well, I have been a extremely strong proponent of medical marijuana from from day one. From day, in fact, to be perfectly honest, I think they should just legalize it a hundred percent. Just just legalize marijuana completely, like they've done in in Colorado, for example. Yeah. But, but well, the, from more than the, just a medical standpoint, that makes sense. I mean, look at, look at how much money Colorado has received in tax revenues. Right. <laughs> which, of course, they can't put into banks because it's still federally illegal funds, which, you know, yeah. some of the absurdities <laughs> are just beyond comprehension. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. But, but yeah, the simple fact, just, the sim- I'm sorry, the simple fact that a child having a seizure can be helped from cannabis oil. That alone, 
just right there. I don't, I don't care if it won't do anything else except for help a little kid with a seizure. Gives medical marijuana justification. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what I I never I I cannot I cannot understand how people are opposed to legalization of and and forget the the the, the general use, but let's just use focus purely on medical purposes. I don't understand how people could object to medical marijuana when we have these other unbelievably powerful and addictive opioids that, that are legal, you know, legal for, for me to prescribe. How does because that make sense? Because why the pharmaceutical company doesn't have control. That's why. It's because the pharmaceutical company doesn't have control. So they're, going to, I, so they're going to spend money to convince you that marijuana has no purpose. I don't know. Honest to God, I don't know that it's entirely the pharmaceutical industry. I really don't. I think there's, I think there's an underlying, there is a bizarre undercurrent in our society uh, of, of of fear of marijuana that that goes back to the the 60s and and and, and even beyond with you know reefer madness. Yeah, it goes farther than that. Listen, when the, the, it's the, it was because of the Rockefellers. Okay, the Rockefellers owned the paper mills and the trees that were used to make the paper. And hemp is a great alternative. It grows faster than a tree. It's got more uses than a tree, but it would have hurt the Rockefellers. Okay, and the campaign began then talking about how black people were going to smoke pot and rape white women. And this was all the way back in the, you know, the teens and the 20s. And, and yes, back in the reefer madness time and before, they have, they have spent a lot of money to convince people that marijuana is dangerous. You're preaching to the choir. I, I, at yeah, the yeah, very, I very least, at the very, very least, it should be allowed for medical purposes. Period. I mean, there's and I would say that the overwhelming number of physicians would agree with that statement. They they would have no no problems with with the use of marijuana for for various medical purposes. Um, I I just I don't understand it. I it's it's beyond me. It's just beyond me. Well, I I can tell you from yeah my own personal standpoint. My doctor and this has been a couple years back now. Uh, you know. They, they passed laws to where now to go in and get your pain medicine, ever so often you have to pass a drug test, you know. And my doctor flat out told me, you know, look, I'm sorry. The first time it happened, you know, I'm sorry. You, you have to pee in a cup for me because I don't care if you smoke weed. You know, it doesn't bother me. But, you know, now the state says I have to. And because you know, I, and I don't smoke weed anymore, so I need my pain pills to function. Because weed isn't legal, it's kind of a catch-22. You know, I have to pass the mm-hmm. test, so I don't smoke anymore. You know, and now I have to take. And I'm sure, Doctor Joe, you're probably familiar with Seroquel, which is a mm-hmm. powerful antipsychotic drug. It's for schizophrenics. That's what I have to take to sleep. You know, instead of smoking a couple of bowls, I'm just going to sleep at night. So yeah, like you said, doctors, I'm sure. Are all in favor of it, you know, and, and it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I agree. Well, no, I'm sorry, but I cannot believe we've been on the air an hour. And oh it, my God, it, it's been it's been awesome, Doc. I, I'm so happy we had you on. You were 
informed a lot of people. Um, everyone, please go read his blog. It's ChicagoNow.com, Healthcare Mythologies, and you'll get a lot of good info from the doc. And you'll educate yourself when you go to your doctor if you have questions, because everybody has questions when they go to the doctor, especially something as serious as what Dr. Joe deals with is cancer. You know, you've got a lot of questions. Read his blog, Healthcare Mythologies, on ChicagoNow.com, and you will learn. Uh, you'll learn so much. And, you know, Dr. Joe, man, we really appreciate having you on, and hey, hopefully maybe we'll have you on again sometime in the future, because I have had a lot of fun, and I've really learned a lot. I hope our listeners have learned a lot as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Okay, hey, I really oh, appreciate it. Uh, Larry, do you have any more questions for the doctor? I don't want to cut him off if you have any other questions. No, no, I just I just wanted to reiterate what you said. I've I've learned a lot just sitting here. Yeah, I, I mean the insurance companies, you know, they've got us they've got us by the balls. I mean, just to say it how it is, and and, and people probably don't realize. You know, the general population, the doctors are on our side. Dr. Joe, I think, has educated us all that the doctors are on our side in this battle. You know, it would make their job easier if we had Medicare for all. They don't, because I'm sure, Doc, you probably have to, you know, you, it's, it's sad that when you treat a patient, you have to call the insurance company first to see what you can do. That's right. That's literally what I have to do. And it's, it's disgusting. And, it, it, and we're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. Yeah, that you'll go see a cancer doctor. And he has to call the insurance guy to see if he can treat you or not. It, it's yep. bad. Yeah. Doctor, I, I, I really appreciate you having you on. Uh, it's been awesome. And uh, everybody read his blog. Again, it's really great. ChicagoNow.com, Health Cameraology, Dr. Joe Imperato. Thanks again, Doc. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Right. Hey, bye bye. Wow, I have to admit, well, man, that, that was awesome. When I, when I asked the doctor to be on, I thought maybe 15, 20 minutes we'd have a little discussion on Medicare for All. But, man, I hope everyone was listening because that was really awesome. Oh, I think we could have kept going. I, we could probably fill the whole show with that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, but I, that's but a good I, thing. See, we could have the doctor on again now because, like you said, there's so much more we could have touched on. We could have him on again, but we, we needed to cut him off because we only have two hours, okay? And right, you right. Fill this hour just you could fill this hour just bitching about Hillary Clinton, no problem. But absolutely, as, as, as you touched on at the beginning of the show, you know today is it's you know it's the 15th anniversary of 9/11, and as I'm looking at the clock, let me put my glasses on because I can't read. It's uh it's 10:03 a.m. on the East Coast. By now, 15 years ago today, both planes have already hit the tower. You know, we the first plane hit the tower. People thought, oh, it, you know, somebody screwed up. You know, a pilot error, whatever. You know, the autopilot messed up. You know, people thought it was an accident. You know, there's everybody standing around watching. And not too long before now, the second plane hit the tower, yes. and, and everybody knew. Oh wait, this is this is bad. Okay, this is not an accident. Yes. Something is going on here. And you know, well, let me. So go ahead. I, why haven't I seen the footage of the plane that hit Trade Center Seven? Oh wait, no plane ever hit it. Ever talk, nobody ever talks about that. They talk about the World Trade Centers coming down, and everybody pitches in their mind two buildings, two yep. of the tallest buildings in the world. Yeah. But there was another building there. Yeah. That housed a whole uh, lot of financial was, information. Well, there was yeah, there was uh, seven buildings there, yeah, and everybody, you know, it's all about the two buildings that went down, but 
as you said, you know, nobody, unless you're watching a documentary, you know, nobody, nobody, nobody knows. Building number seven went down as well, and no plane hit it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't crushed by debris falling. And one side didn't fall and caused the other side. The whole thing came down in unison perfectly. It you know, was just the like the demolition of a building. I mean, it was perfect. The whole thing came straight down. Yep. That means all of the supports, all of the supporting beams, they're, it, it, it's alleged that a fire caused it. The fire started yeah. by the Trade Center spread yeah. and caused this building to fall. So what they're trying to expect you to believe, and everybody's just believing it, is that all of the support beams on that building caught fire and melted and gave way at the same time. So that building could come down. If you believe that, I've got a big floppy wiener to dangle in your face. People don't talk about it. People... You know, the Twin Towers went down, 3,000 people died in the towers, you know, firemen, hundreds, over 100, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact number in front of me, over 100 firemen were killed, first responders, and it was, it was horrible, it was horrible, but like you said, you know, everybody focuses on that, and and rightfully so, I mean, that was the target of the terrorists, and hey, give them credit, they were two for two, they wanted to knock... Both those buildings down. I mean, they've been trying since 1993. They, they blew up a bomb in the basement, you know, trying to do it. Terrorists yep. succeeded, you know. Chalk one up for the terrorists, but the terrorists weren't after Building 7. They didn't give two bad asses about Building 7. Why did it come down? Nope. You know why? It well, was part uh, of the plan. It was well, part of the yeah. plan. Yeah, it wasn't part it just of the plan wasn't of the part of government, you know, but... And maybe Israel and the United States. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe the, maybe the Saudis as well, because maybe there was, you know, there, there was a lot of classified documents in that building. Maybe there, maybe they had dirt on the Saudis as well in that building. I'm sure they did. And may, maybe 15 of the hijackers were Saudi Arabian. Maybe. Yeah. 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 No, that goes. I know that. Wait a minute. That's beyond maybe. That's a goddamn fact. That's a well-documented, so we... proven fact. Mm-hmm. Amazing and, that uh, an airplane can go into the trade center like that, and everybody be incinerated instantly. Yet the passport of the hijacker yeah, survives the crash. Yeah, that's, that's pretty strange. That is that is strange. Yeah. And I got another strange one for you, Don. Remember when the, the news about a month ago? About a month ago, I'd say, the yeah. shooting in Dallas, okay, where the guys shot like six cops, were shooting in the crowd, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and we sent the robot in to blow him up. Guess what was the only thing that survived that explosion? His ID. His ID. Yes, sir. Did you also know that he was a, the ID was a Army veteran with PTSD? Oh, of course. He was. That's according to their. That's their official story. The yeah. man. The man that they. The man that they claim did it. Was a PTSD army vet. Well, I mean, let's face it. We all know the government would not lie to us. If you they? believe that, I've got a big floppy wiener to dangle in your face. 
<laughs> okay, you need a new one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, you, hey, my boy, my boy's twelve. Everyone, Tyson, he's not listening. I doubt on his computer, but he should be. He's a big fan of the show, though. Yeah, he uh, he's got South Park's tape, so I'll find a new one for next week. I promise. That that's perfect. Okay. Anyway, and now back, back. Back to nine eleven. No, I, I, I want. Uh, you, okay. Well, no. Go ahead, Dan. If you're not done, go ahead. No, go ahead, Don. Well, back to nine eleven. Uh, okay. The uh, the the twenty eight pages. You didn't hardly see anything about this in the mainstream media, obviously, but they finally, last month after fifteen years, released the twenty eight pages. It's called, you know, the hidden parts of the nine eleven commission report. It was like eight billion pages long. There were twenty eight pages that they didn't release. So, of course, for 15 years, I mean, people are wondering what's there. You know, it obviously proves whatever, you know. And when it did come out, what they did release actually showed there was a little bit of a, called a little bit of connection between the hijackers and uh, people in the Saudi government. You know, because as it pointed out, and maybe it wasn't in the 28 pages, but a lot of these hijackers came to came to America they, they didn't speak a lick of English, didn't know a thing about Western culture, but yet they managed to live here for a year and blend in and open bank accounts and get IDs and driver's licenses, and nobody noticed. No, they obviously had help from somebody. Right. You know, I, you know, I, you know. My friends from Central America, when I first met them, they'd only been here a year, and I had to help them. You know, it had like good country set up to help Spanish-speaking people. You know, press one for English. You know, I had to help them out. You can imagine. A man from the Middle East, you know, that knows nothing of our culture and speaks no English. How how did they survive here for a year and take pilot training? You know, they had help, and they the twenty eight pages did show a connection. And of course, it was convoluted. It was you know, the Saudi prince, you know, his wife sent money to somebody else's wife, who, you know, hijackers had to have some money to live on when they got here, and they had to have help, and. But hey, the Saudi government—we all know—they're big fans of the Clintons, and uh, but they couldn't—they you know, couldn't release that because it would money. have stopped the justification for the invasion of Iraq, which was what they wanted in the first place. Oh sure, yeah. W wanted to fix his daddy's mess. No, no. Saddam Hussein put a price on his daddy's head. Well, that's part of that's it. That's what you know. I I almost. Agree with the first time we went in because well, they we invaded to... Kuwait. Exactly. Kuwait was well, our but... ally. Yeah. yeah, sure. Well, I mean, the only problem with that is doing that is, is what caused Osama bin Laden to not like the United States. I mean, in the late 70s, early 80s, Osama was our friend. You know, we were sending him weapons to keep the Russians out of Afghanistan just because the Russians were our quote unquote enemies at the time, you know. We're the ones that well, armed Bin Laden. Laden. Absolutely. Started his Mujahideen. Saddam Hussein was given the key to Detroit in nineteen eighty eight. Sure. Sure. We didn't have a problem with him then. We, he was selling us cheap oil and hey, so what he was But you he know, was just as much of a dictator. He was just as big a dictator right? back then. Mm-hmm. You know he was, <laughs> 
you know, we didn't care what he did to his people. He was selling us cheap oil. Hey, we can overlook a few minor uh, civil rights violations. He's got cheap oil. Hey, good to go, you mm-hmm. know. But because, like you said, you know, it was, it was, you know, it, it was. You can see it being justified to go defend Kuwait. The problem is, Osama bin Laden wanted to defend Kuwait. And he pretty much had every right to. I mean, Christ, he just beat the freaking Russians, the greatest number two superpower in the world. The whole cause of the Cold War. Forty years of, you know, what, you know, instead of forty days and nights, it was forty years of hell. You know, the Russians are our enemies. And to his little Mujahideen beat the Russians back, kept them out of Afghanistan. He went to Kuwait. You know, Osama wanted to defend Kuwait. And you can't. You know, he just beat the Russians. You don't think he could have beat Saddam and his little Republican guard? But no. The Saudis said, no, come on over, America. You can do the job, you know. And as soon as Americans put the military on Arab grounds, Saudi Arabia, Osama bin Laden said, F you, United States. You're my now my enemy, okay? I, you know, I was a mm-hmm. hero. I was a hero. If the Saudis would have just gave me the money, I could have beat Saddam. And we went to defend Kuwait, kicked Saddam's ass, and joined for, what, four days, 100-hour war. But they also turned bin Laden against the United States. And that's hey, that's basically the start of what caused 9-11, the whole reason we're here today talking about it. Yeah. But as you, you know, as your point was, the problem is, you know, we went and beat Saddam, but we let him stay in power. Well, what's, you know, if he's that bad of a dictator, you know, he's he's, he's attacking our allies. Why do we let him stay in power? It's a good question. <laughs> Out of our pay grade, though. Yeah, I don't think. Don't think they pay us. Yeah, they don't they don't pay us enough to tell us enough to answer that question, but uh you know, whatever. But I mean the whole point the whole you know, the whole point of nine eleven, if you believe it was an inside job and there's you know if you believe it was a false flag and there's, there's lots of evidence to suggest it was. I'm not gonna tell you what to believe. Just educate yourself and then see what you believe. Don't just listen to what you see on T V. It's it's all you know, it, the history of this country, you know, our country was built on war. You know, I'm pretty sure. Now, I read I read a statistic somewhere that in the 250 whatever years of the United States, we've only spent like nine not in a war. Yeah, yeah. Always fighting somewhere. Got to fight somebody. You know, got to feed that military industrial complex. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, back in you know, when the country started, of course, the Revolutionary War was necessary to to be a free country, you know. And then, you know, there was a couple more wars, War of 1812s in there, you know, where Britain you know, tried to take us back, said no, where it wasn't a military-industrial complex. It was people, the whole reason the Second Amendment was actually formed, you know, it was guys like me and you and our listeners grabbing their guns and going to fight to defend the country, you know. But as soon as the big banks took over, and they figured out, hey, you know, war is big prop. It's the biggest profit you can make because the banks, banks love war. So they loan money to both sides. They don't care who wins the war. They just want the war to keep going. Ever since then, right. it's, it, we have to have war, no matter what. You know. And and we went to 
more the microcosm of the microcosm of that is what you just said about doesn't matter who wins is the Democrats and Republicans. They want to keep it close. They don't want any one side becoming the dominant side. They want to keep it right there in the middle, keep us fighting with each other. You know? Yep. Keep have all the have all of the conservatives calling us a bunch of tree huggers and having all the tree huggers call the conservatives a bunch of racists. Yep. It's it's all part it's all part of their plan to keep the ninety nine percent fighting with itself. Sure. If the 99 percent are fighting against each other, we're not are fighting each other. They can't. They can't mess with the one percent. They're too busy fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And you know the sad thing is, this country was built. Excuse me. Even though the Constitution is however many pages long, never mentions you know God or Christ or anything. This is not a Christian nation. Let's just dispel that myth right now. But. You know, the Revolutionary War started, and you know the country was founded because of freedom of religion. Everybody agrees to that. People came here, you know, because they didn't want to be part of the Church of England. That's how it all started. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, yep. And, and you know, when we fought the Revolutionary War, all these people, you know, Christian, Pilgrim, Mormon, if they, John Smith was around back then, whatever, all these different religions got together to defeat England and make us a free country. Now they've got us all fighting each other. Where they can just bend us over. Unfortunately, uh, we seem to have lost our connection with Larry. He's going to call back in a minute. Get us back on the air. Back still on the air, but the host is disconnected, so you're probably not hearing me until he calls back. But just in case, uh, we'll keep going. You know, the Revolutionary War, Country Hall started on people of different religions getting together, you know, coming together, fighting the big, bad British. It, it didn't matter if they were Christian, Muslim, whatever. You know, it, 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 I'm no religious expert. That's more Larry's field since he went to a Baptist high school. But all the different religions, all the different groups of people came together, fought the British, and won. And now we're a country. Uh, nowadays, that can't I'm happen. Back, oh, Larry's back. I, I hope we're back on the. I don't know if we were off the air, but I was talking anyway. Oh, uh, you were on. I, I had a technical difficulty, but you were on. Yeah, well, no, but it was showing the host. Disc- the show was on the air or not, but we're on now, so it's all good. Anyway, let's finish up this Revolutionary War discussion because that was 240 years ago. It's really not relevant to uh, today's problems. Outside of the fact, like I was saying back then, all the people of different religions, you know, you can't say racist because they were all white, you know, they, they came together. Well, Don, I I beg to differ. I think it is relevant. Okay. For two reasons. Two reasons. One, because the Revolutionary War, the product of that was the Constitution. Yeah. In the Constitution, it states that it's our duty to abolish and replace a tyrannical government. Yeah. Define define tyranny. I'm pretty sure 
that what's going on hits the hits that hits that definition. You know, when when the people stand up and cast their vote and have that vote disenfranchised and discarded, that's tyranny. Yeah. That's yeah. that's telling the people we the people can't have what we want. You know, I've, I've spoke about this on previous shows, and I'm going to bring it up again because it disgusts me. Well, How? before you go on, before you go on your rant, hold, let me just throw in for a second. Now I'm going to let okay. you rant away. I, the other day, I hopped in the car, had on radio, giving away tickets to a concert. I didn't even hear what it was. It just it's a little station I was too bad. I called in, I won the tickets. Okay, turns out it's some heavy metal thing. It's like four bands. Great, I'm going to take Tyson to it just because he got all A's on his progress report. It's a nice reward. I'll take him to St. Louis to a concert. But one of the bands is called Iron Core Resistance. And that, that, Tyson kind of loved that name. It, that's kind of what made him want to go. Went to their website to check them out. And if it's okay with them, we're going to steal their motto and make it the motto of our show. When injustice becomes law, when, when injustice becomes law, Rebellion becomes duty. I like it. I don't know about the motto for my show and stealing it from them, well, but it's not. You I, know, I, it's, I like it's it. Kind of a, it's horrible, you know. It's because that's what that's what we're talking about right. here. That's what we're talking about making your vote count. Voting green instead of just voting for the two party, you know, Republicans or Democrats, whatever you want to call them. It's one party, basically. Right. And I, I understand that, but it's, I'm telling you right now, and I've said it time and again, it's not going to matter. If no. Hillary Clinton is on that ballot, she's going to win. They did yeah, not okay. rig the primary to lose the general. No. Hey, if, if you think if you think the Patriots are cheaters, whatever, you know, let's go to a football analogy since today's opening football season. You know, they didn't, you know, they didn't tape the team signals just to get to the Super Bowl and stop taping them and lose. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, like you said, and hey, I agree 100%. If, yeah, why would they cheat to get her on the ballot in November? I mean, I guess you could see, you could look at it one other way. I'll throw this out there. <laughs> you know, they, maybe they did it because they know, you know, they know Bernie would have beat Trump about three to one, and in in, you know, and they want Trump to be president for four years, so they throw Hillary out there, and he can beat her. <laughs> Um, I'd be more inclined to believe that they didn't want it to be such a one-sided, lopsided victory because of what would happen to the flipping of Congress. Oh, sure. They didn't. They didn't want an honest man to have that much control. Of course not. I mean, you know, Bernie Sanders has proven he can't be fought. No, exactly. Now he can be threatened. Oh, and we'll get into that in a minute, but I want to get back to where I was. Go ahead. In regards to in regards to why I think the Revolutionary War is very relevant. Because a lot of people died. A lot of people died for this country. Yes. And they died so you could have a vote and I could have a vote and that vote could count. That vote would mean something. You know? We've been fighting wars for democracy ever since. Well, wait, and I'm not saying any of these wars. 
it, it, in fairness to Tuan, since he runs the network, they they fought so every white man could have a boat. Right, right. At the time, yes. Yes, you are yeah. correct. Yeah. Well, I were getting three-fifths of a vote, I think. That's what we got now, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but anyway, how many soldiers have fought and died for my right to vote? You know? It's, it's got to be the have, only to have, Only to have Hillary Clinton disenfranchise them. To me, short of the murder of Seth Rich, it's one of the worst things she's ever done. Yeah. And I still challenge. I challenge anybody to come up with one other person that has the means, the opportunity, and the motive to kill that young man. Without Rob. He wasn't robbed. No, no he wasn't robbed. They said no. maybe it was a botched robbery. It's pretty badly botched when you shoot a guy and don't take his shit. Yeah. Yeah, you've done it wrong. If that's a robbery, you need to go back to robbery school because you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. You didn't you didn't learn much last time you were locked up. See, if you shoot a guy and don't take his stuff, pretty easy to rob someone once they're dead. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy. But like you know, like I said, and the other reason is the Constitution. Our responsibility to stand up for everybody who's died for us. You know, just like that website that you or the band you're talking about. It's our duty. Yeah. If you're not part of the here, you're part of the problem. If you're sitting, if you're going to sit down and watch TV and not care about what's going on in the world around you, you are part of the problem. Yeah. You know, climate change is real. It's been proven. Like they got half this country to thinking that it isn't. When I was watching a program this morning about polar bears, you know, and how the the summer ice is retracted so far that the polar bears they have this swim they make every year. Well, their cubs are dying because they can't make the swim. They're not polar bears are great swimmers, but the cubs aren't strong enough to make that long of a swim. So somebody tell them polar bears that climate change ain't real. As their cubs die. Yeah. It makes and me mad. So I, I like animals. Yeah. And even there are people out there, and it's, it's a true point, that say, you know, climate changes over time. You know, there was the Ice Age. I mean, Kentucky used to be polar bears here probably. Yes, that's that proven scientific fact. No doubt about it, okay? You have a point. But you can't sit there and tell me, I mean, it's proven. You know, greenhouse gas effect is a proven scientific fact as well. You know, burning oil is spewing pollution into the air. You know, smog is a scientific fact as well. You know, you can't you can't sit there and say that our dependence on fossil fuels isn't rapidly increasing climate change and destroying the only planet we have to live on. Mm-hmm. You can if and, you uh, have been drinking lead water your whole life. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know, or, you know you're, you're drinking oil because, you know, the fracking has polluted your uh, drinking water. I guess you might believe that, but it's, you know, people, uh, you know, there's the meme of Hillary Clinton supporters who got bent over his head up his ass. If you want to be like that, go right ahead, you 
know. I mean, but it's just ridiculous when, as you know, Jill, Jill Stein, a big part of her campaign, will point out, you know, it wouldn't take but 20, 30 years if we invested in it to be free of oil. You know, I mean, I live right next door, right across the street from my from where we live is the property for the hydroelectric dam, which I mean causes a few environmental problems of its own, no doubt, but. Hydroelectric energy is clean. Once the dam's there and the uh, fish and everybody else in the water adjust, it's clean energy. There's no pollution from hydroelectric energy. There's no pollution from wind energy. There's no pollution from solar energy. There's no pollution from tidal energy. Big oil, which is, you know, I mean, big oil is big oil because, as you said, the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts back 150 years ago invested in big oil. Well, if they would invest in solar energy and wind energy, the oil could stay in the ground. It's a good spot for it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, hey, if, you, if you're one of those people that you know, believe the earth's only 6,000 years old, that's when God created it. God put oil in the ground for a reason, probably. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And he put a dinosaur oh, there. Or, I'm sorry, he oh, put dinosaur yeah. bones there. He didn't put yeah, dinosaurs just, there, just their bones. Just to mess with us, yeah. But, hey, if you believe yeah. that, there's a reason the water covers 75% of the earth and oil is underground. Think about it. Mm-hmm. And our body content is 75% water. Yeah, we need water to live. We don't need oil to live. Nope. Yeah. You know, you know, well, granted, we need energy. Uh, yeah. So but we don't, we don't need oil. Point six percent. Hang on a second. Point six percent. That listen, that's the amount of the United States needs to be covered with solar panels. That's like one hundredth of Arizona. One little corner. To be covered in solar panels would supply energy to the entire country. Wait, what's the percent you said? One little one Point six percent. Oh, point six. Yeah, it sounded like point. you said twenty six percent. I knew that wasn't right. No. Point six percent. Okay. Point six percent. That's not very much. We could start building that now and be done in a couple of years. I could well, supply the entire country with solar power. I, I've already done if we wanted some of the to. research. I've done some of the research. I mean, there are companies out there now. You can go out, and if you want to make the investment, if you're going to stay in your home, it's it's pretty simple to, you know, put solar panels on your roof or in your yard enough to supply your own house with nothing but solar power. And in lots of cases, you wind up, you connect to the energy grid, you wind up selling power back to the energy companies because you're producing so much power. You don't need it all for your house. Happens all the time. They don't want people to know that. Oh, hell no. There's a high school... Just uh, in between where we grew up in Hammond, Indiana, right outside Chicago, where we went to high school for a couple of years, North Newton High School, Newton County, Indiana, they put up a windmill. You know, they were hoping to supply some of the power to their school. And they wound up producing so much energy from this one windmill, and they produce so much energy, they sell it back to Nipsco all the time, you know, from one windmill. Mm-hmm. You know, People that say, you know, oh, windmills are bad because birds can fly into a windmill. Well, 
and take uh, that's partially true. Nature it happens. But you know what? That's fine. But if they're going to say that, wait a Don, if they're going to say that, then they have to say the same damn thing about ours. Because I went to work sure. I was a couple months ago. This guy showed up to work with an owl in his grill. An owl. <laughs> in his grill. No, I've hit, I've hit some armadillos, and I've hit a deer, and I've hit a turtle and a snake. I never hit an owl, but there was, there was one in this dude's grill. That's pretty pretty strange. You know, so that, that's just people trying to nitpick, looking for reasons to not win power. Yeah. Because no matter and what I mean, we do, we're going to kill animals. It's going to happen. Yeah. It, now, you're talking to an animal lover, okay? I got so dogs walking around in my backyard, dogs in the house. You know, I, I love animals. Yeah. You know, I, I was saddened by what's happened to the polar bears. Yeah. This morning when I was watching the program. But animals are going to get in the way of progress. It's gonna happen. There's nothing we can't stop it. We can minimize it as much as possible. But one oil spill yeah. <laughs> destroys more wildlife than a windmill could ever do. Yeah. No doubt. Yes, birds are getting hit by windmills. Yes, it's happening. Deer are getting hit by cars. You know, yeah. it's happening. You yeah. run over raccoons, it happens. We are going yeah. to lose some animals. No yeah, matter what. But we're not going to lose But as this climate changes, we're losing a lot more animals because of oil than we ever would from windmills. Oh, sure. For one thing, for one thing windmills are limited to one species of animal, birds. Yeah. I've never seen a bear get hit by a windmill. No, I don't think a squirrel is climbing up a windmill. I don't think squirrels are getting hit by windmills. Maybe a flying squirrel. <laughs> well, a squirrel, you know, a squirrel might eat some uh, magic mushrooms to climb up the windmill to try to spin around while he's tripping, but, you know, that's... Yeah, yeah, it could happen. It could happen, you know. But well, this goes, it goes back to what are, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. yeah. People are, there's a lot of people pissed off, but they're not doing anything about it. Well, I'm mad. Okay, yeah. good. I'm glad you're mad. I'm glad you have some okay. outrage in you. Yeah. Never yeah. lose like, your sense like, of rage. Like my share at Facebook meme if you're for animals. Right, right. You know, a lot of good that does. Oh yeah, that, that's a whole lot of good that does. Of animals. Yeah. Well, people are more interested in getting Facebook likes than they are results. Sure. No. Yeah, I just saw. In fact, I just saw a Facebook meme the other day. A picture of a guy said, "Hey, I'm going to heaven. I'd like to share the post on Facebook." <laughs> I don't. I thought typing "Amen" got you into heaven. Exactly. You know, I, you know, you tell Saint Peter at the gates. Oh yeah, I murdered five people, but look, I liked this meme and said I love Jesus. Okay, we're going in, Mister Hitler. <laughs> let's get let's get back to nine eleven for a minute. 
the fifth anniversary, it, so, I mean, we really should talk about it a little bit. We've got 21 minutes left. We can touch on it for a couple more minutes. Um, I, I mean, let's face it, this government let it happen. We knew about bin Laden. I mean, hell, we've known about bin Laden since the Clinton administration. Mm-hmm. And just, they yeah. blew it off. You know, they they knew airports weren't secure. You know, they did tests all the time and got bombs through security, whatever they wanted through security. No big deal, you know, and nothing was done to stop it. So, I mean, even if you don't believe, even if you believe that totally the government's stance on it, that it was all radical Islamists, that Saudi Arabia had nothing to do with it, if you believe all that, that, you know, Israel wasn't involved, that, you know, Jews weren't told not to come to work that day, that a big Jewish company didn't move out of the World Trade Center right before the attack. If you believe all that, yep, the yep, government yep. admits one of the, the largest admits, one of the largest shipping companies in the world. A week yeah. before they moved. Yeah. Even if you don't believe in any of that, an Israeli. I'm sorry, an Israeli shipping company. Yeah. Coincidence, but even if you don't believe any of that, the head, you just totally John, the head the of Santa Fitzgerald. Yeah. The government admits. And we knew all this was going to happen and just didn't do anything to stop it. They readily admit that. Yeah. And it was all, I again, we needed a war. Hey, you know, what was it? You know, Reagan, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. They tore down the wall. You know, the Soviet Union disbanded. <laughs> we were in a time of, of peace. Was, but hang know, on, no Don. Hang on. Hang on. I want to hit on something you were saying. Okay. If, if you're to believe the story that you're told by your government. What you need to do is get you out a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen or a crayon because you're not very bright uh, and start writing down all the things that you have to believe are coincidences in order for the government's story to ring true. Yes. Write all these things down and then tell yourself that it's just, it was all just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence that building number seven came down perfectly like a demolition. Yeah. It's just a coincidence that somehow we don't have footage of an airplane hitting the Pentagon, one of the most secure building on the planet. But nobody's ever seen a video of an airplane hitting it. Why? Yeah, you see, you see a little choppy thing of, you know, something, you know, one little frame where, where you surely can't see an airplane in it. I think it's three or four frames, but it's not. It's not an airplane. But yeah, yeah. You know, but they, they confiscated all the all the footage. There were so many cameras. There's a picture of a camera right above where that plane hit. I, I want to see the video from that camera showing the plane yeah. coming in, in the building. Yeah, you gonna tell me the Pentagon oh. doesn't have security system with cameras taping everything within a mile of that building? Oh, it's a 360-degree thing, absolutely. I mean, no doubt. but you've got to believe. You've got to believe that it just doesn't exist. Yeah. It just so happened, you know, the same way you've got to believe that John F. Kennedy Jr., who was going to beat Hillary Clinton, just happened to die in a plane crash. Yeah. He was going well, to take the seat that Hillary Clinton was destined to have in New York. It was his. Yeah, he was yeah. going to beat her. Yeah. So it's, well, I mean, that even goes back 
you know, to his father. I mean, you have to believe that, you know, uh, that that, that um, John Kennedy was shot, you know, three times in eight seconds with a with a bolt action rifle. Right, you got to believe. Yeah. A miracle bullet to the left. You got to, you know, yeah. anybody that that doesn't believe conspiracies are running our world. I mean, there's almost just no hope for you. Huh? You know, like I like I said last week, people are too busy looking down at their phones to look up and see a goddamn chemtrail. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you tell can't. me when I look up in the sky and I see a chessboard that that's normal. Planes, airplanes fly on invisible highways in the sky. A plane yeah. going from Los Angeles to New York takes a takes a superhighway in the sky. Yep. Because it's, like it's a straight chess- shot. You know, I grew. You know, the house that I bought that I owned in Indiana, not far from Midway. Every plane that flew in and out of Midway, I knew exactly the path they were taking, because I saw it every day for 20 years. Yeah. And then one day I started seeing a, a plane that looked like it was sowing a field back and forth, back and forth. Just, just one stripe, then another stripe, another stripe. Well, who in the hell is striping my sky? This isn't normal. This is not where the planes normally fly. Planes don't leave condensation trails that last six hours. Uh, and it's thicker and thicker by the minute. People, I didn't believe it. You know, don't feel bad, people. I didn't believe it until it was probably what 2011. Larry and I both lived right, in Kentucky right. at the same time. You know, I was so Larry but told me and I didn't believe it. I went over to his yeah. house. You know, because it's in the middle of nowhere, there's no call buildings around. There's no the closest airport is a hundred miles away. I look up in the sky, a plane going back and forth, you know, leaving a trail, like you said, that couldn't disappear. Pretty soon it's a checkerboard and I'm like, Holy shit, pretty soon there's cloud cover on a perfectly sunny day. You know, and it's it's everywhere. I moved from Kentucky to Oklahoma. It's here. I guess. I guess there's just no planes flying today because I don't see any chemtrails in the sky or condensation trails. I don't see any condensation trails. In the sky. I, it must just be a day. Planes don't fly today. Yeah, they're all taking the day off. Yeah. Yeah. It must be because they're not there today. Well, why are today? Why are the planes on Sunday not creating these trails when the planes on Saturday did? Allegedly flying in the same spots, going to the same places, leaving the same airports. They're the same yep. planes. Well, where are the where flying are the trails the today? Yeah. Why only on certain days do you see them? What's that? The jet fuel doesn't leave condensation trails that are there for six, seven hours. Nope. And anybody that's saying, anybody that tries to tell you that you're an idiot and a conspiracy theorist, all they got to do is watch the sky for a day. I said said it last week on the show. I said, don't don't waste your time looking at the sky. Go fishing. Fish in a spot where you got open skies around you. Don't sit under a tree. Yep. Pick you a six-pack of beer. Pack you a couple bowls if that's your preference. Doesn't matter. Throw your line in the water and just 
keep an eye on the pole and keep an eye on the sky for an afternoon. Yeah. And watch it happen. You can watch a plane fly across the sky, and then two hours later, you can see where that plane flew across the sky. But the, but the little condensation trail that it left is now 15 times larger than it was when the plane first flew by. Yeah. That's not a condensation trail. Condensation We've had jet airplanes. Condensation does dissipate. We have had jet engines in the skies for, what, 60 years, 70 yep. years? Yeah. Well, look, there's a, plane, there's a plane flying right now. Why doesn't it have a condensation trail? I don't know. Why does it have a trail some days and some days it doesn't? If it's all supposedly just condensation. Yep. It's flying in the same atmosphere. You can't tell me that the, that the atmosphere the planes are flying in that the temperature fluctuates that much, because it doesn't. And if if you don't believe any conspiracies about your government, you think, oh, everything they tell you is on the up and up, I mean, you don't even have to really educate yourself. Watch the history channel. You know, you'll see stuff from 50, 60 years ago that has now become common knowledge because it came unclassified that nobody knew about back in those days. And if you right. if you mentioned it, you are a crazy conspiracy theorist. Now it's just sure. common knowledge. It happened, you know? The phrase conspiracy theory was started by the CIA. They they threw that out there. That way people could start using it against everybody that did a little bit of critical thinking. Yeah. You know, critical thinking has become a thing of the past. No, it's that you sound called conspiracy you to learn it. theory. They don't want to teach you to think in school. They want common core. They want some some of the stupidest math I've ever seen. I refuse to make my son learn it. You ever heard of the lattice system? Oh, yeah. I let Tyson do it for a day or two, you know. I may have told the story before on the show. I know I've told you. Because, you know, my boy, my, my youngest boy, I'm lucky, he's in seventh grade, and he's he's got the genius Ellis trade in him. He didn't get his mother's brains, thank God. School's easy for him. Everybody's brings home homework, and he still gets all A's. But when he first started doing that common core math, I let him sit there and struggle with it for an hour or two, a couple of nights, you know, just so he'd have some homework and see what it was like. And then I showed him, no, this is the way you do it. Now he's back to not bringing home homework. And another thing he told me, he brought up school, he was just telling me yesterday how Friday at school they had a pep rally. Announced the middle school baseball team and the middle school softball team and the cheerleaders were out there. He was talking about, hey, this was boring. I'm like, well, Pete's going to class, right? He's like, no, I'd rather be in a science class. And I was like, well, you're the 1% that, that feel that way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I so, enjoyed pep rallies. He's got me out of class. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I never get to listen to some teacher bore me to death, you know. Mhm. Yeah. All right, we've got. Was that ten minutes I left, Larry? Anything class. else? I'm sorry, we've Don. Got ten, we've got ten minutes left. Okay, if there's anything else you want to touch on, go for it. And I know you haven't been have on Hillary that much, so. Well, we can always go with that extra hour. Don't we have an extra hour if we wanted it? Because yeah. Uh, I'm, we could go on as long as we wanted. 
No, no, no. We're, but, we're only set up for two hours. Okay, guys. Then let's let's get to the meat of the issue. Yep. If you want to revolutionize, you got to get up and organize. Yep. You know. The Black Lives Matter protesters shutting down freeways and shutting down airports, that's the way to go. Yep. Millions of young Americans are pissed off right now. But they need to be organized. The 1% is not going to listen to our vote. They proved that to us. Not only are they not going to listen to us, they're going to call us crazy. Yeah, that's why they have computerized voting, you know, because they can go in and adjust that however they want. If there's not a paper trail, they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. You know, when Obama beat Romney, he won like 160% of the vote in some places. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the leaders of this country are being determined way before the election. Way before yeah. it, years before it. I mean, all you, all you we don't was, st- was, was Obama. If we don't stand Obama's up now, Don. If we don't stand up now, we're never going to. Nope. It's just I never mean, going to happen. What more? What more justification do we need than the establishment you, stealing the election from us? You, you don't think. You don't think the Republicans, you know, you know, they're all one party now, Republicans or Republicans, whatever you want to call them. You don't think they wanted Obama to win? John McCain picked Sarah fucking Palin as his vice president candidate, right. okay? I can see Alaska from my backyard. Sarah fucking Palin. Run that through your brain for a yep. second and think they wanted to win that election. Of course not. They didn't want to win with Mitt Romney. No, not really. Hell, Mitt Romney started Obamacare when he was, you know, in Massachusetts as a governor. Obamacare was his freaking idea. Yeah, it was Romney care before it was Obamacare. Absolutely. Yep. No, 100%, and that's proven. I mean, you don't, that's not even a conspiracy theory. Ask the people in Massachusetts to have Romney care. Mm -hmm. And how Ron, you make all his money? By shutting down, buying companies, shutting them down, and shipping jobs overseas. Yep. And everybody knew that. And the guy's a Mormon. Now, I don't like to pick on religion, but Jesus, when the founder of your religion says, well, I'm reading it out of this hat. It's a magic hat. Nobody can see it but me. Here's the story. You know? If you've, if you've never seen it, there's a South Park episode where the yeah. you know, a, Mor- a Mormon family moves to town and they, they kind of go over the whole history of the Mormon religion. Dum, 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 dum. Quite a funny story. You really, you know, just entertain yourself with it. Yeah, he ran out of a hat, a magic hat. And he was the only one that could read it. And then, you know, they got, this, you know, somebody told it. So then he got, got mad he couldn't read it anymore. But he could read this other story and repeat it almost verbatim, but it was a little different. Yeah, well, you know, you got to change that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I gotta they, say, if I was gonna pick a religion, though, I li- I like the the whole polygamous part. I mean, well, yeah. Damn. I mean, if you you know if, if you know if you if you get your wife to obey you, which pretty much every religion says you're supposed to, yeah, that's about three or four of them. Just, you know, variety is the spice of life. So. Yeah. I mean, why don't I have a wife that can you know 
Uh, this one cooks. This one cleans. We know what this one does. <laughs> this one's hot as hell. Yeah, look at it. You know what she does. Look at them lips. <laughs> yeah. This one's done with a box of rocks, but I'm keeping her. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't have to talk to them. They can entertain each other, talk to each other. Oh, yeah, they didn't want know. Romney to win. No. Obama was the token from the establishment. No doubt. But they knew. They knew. They knew all along that they had him yeah. in their pocket. If they didn't have Obama in their pocket, when he won and we had control of Congress... Yeah, we would have done a lot of good things. Yeah, we would have told Republicans, "Screw you, who we're doing yep. it," because we can. We have the power right now, but we didn't use that power. Ask yourself why? Why didn't we use that power? Because it was part of the deal. Part yep. of the deal of making Obama president was he wasn't going to use that power. Yep. I mean, I always use the example. He's They'd have found they'd have found a way to get him assassinated pretty easily. Yeah. To blame it on some racist to blame it on some racist redneck and just get Obama out of the way if he ever tried to step out of line. Yep. They knew they owned him. Yep. And America just sucked it right up. If you want everyone to know the Democrats don't care, you know, look at social security. People most people don't realize this. After after you make, figure right now about one hundred twenty-five thousand a year. Yeah, okay. I thought it was one hundred eighteen thousand. Yeah, you don't pay into Social Security anymore. Everybody in the right. country, all these basketball players, pro athletes, millionaires, CEOs, after the first one hundred eighteen thousand they make, they don't pay into Social Security anymore. If they did, that's right. with so much money, everybody be on Social Security. Democrats don't care. They could have changed that when they had power of the executive branch sure. and the legislative branch. They don't care. Bernie Sanders is trying. He tried. Yeah. He, that was one of, his, one, of the, one of the big things. Yeah. It's, why are we going to cut some security? Screw that. Let's expand it. Yeah. And what I don't understand, Don, and it, why, how, three how three can minutes, anybody – okay, how can anybody – be against the expansion of Social Security. Yeah. Don't we all want to grow old? I don't care if you're a poor Democrat or if you're a poor Republican. It doesn't matter. You still want to grow old. You still want to have a you know a decent living when you retire. Yeah. We can't all become be able- millionaires. Yeah. You know, well, you know. I want a decent Social Security, and so do my Republican friends. So why aren't we all standing up? And demanding that Social Security be expanded. Why aren't we all standing up and demanding that the Democratic primary be decertified? Because it's, it's easier, easier just to share a meme on Facebook and say, I did my part. Right, right. Well, we we got to find a way to organize. Yep. We've got two minutes left now. The clock's winding down on us. Uh, my last point, I just want to thank again. Hey, we had an awesome guest today. If you missed the first part of the show, go back and listen. Dr. Joe Imperato 
talking about when we brought him on to talk about Medicare for all. Man, he touched on Hillary. He touched on marijuana. And he was an awesome guest. We will have him back sometime because he was just incredible. Uh, and read his blog on ChicagoNow.com. Healthcare mythologies. Uh, now we got a minute and a half left. So Larry, say what you want to say in a minute. I want to tell America that if you're not part of the cure, you're part of the problem. Guys, we got to wake up. With, and if you, if you are awake, then go wake somebody else up. And once you woke them up, tell them to go wake somebody else up. Remember the song from the 60s, This is the Dawning of the Age of Aquarius? Well, what is the Age of Aquarius? It's the Age of Enlightenment. That's what the Age of Aquarius means. This is the Age of Enlightenment. And people are waking up. Slowly but they're going to have to wake up faster. We're going to have yep. to wake up faster because we've got to stop Hillary Clinton. We're not going to be able to vote her out of the White House. We tried that already. It didn't work. Nope. It's time for millions of Americans to stand up and say enough is enough. Because when we stand up, we win. Yep. But people are losing, people are losing their sense of outrage. All the Bernie supporters, they're losing their sense of outrage. Get it back. Get pissed off. Get organized. Thanks again, we Dr. Can Joe do this. Hey, gotta go, Larry. Thanks again, Dr. Joe Imperato. In two weeks on GPR, Ray Parrish, Green Party candidate for Congress from Arizona. Check that out. We'll be back next week, Green Party Radio. Thanks for listening, Paul. Don, I think we're gonna have to have us a special episode going on in the next couple of days. Hey, we could. All right, guys. Have a good day. Oh, we're off the air. We're off, it's weird. We're off the air now, but I, we can still talk to each other. Oh, how outstanding. <laughs> we're still connected. Yeah, we're both showing you. Know, we're still connected in the studio. We're just not on the air anymore. I well, that wonder. Means, doesn't that mean doesn't that, it turns into a podcast now, basically? We keep going. We have another hour. That's what I was saying. We have another hour. We just can't. You know, we can't accept phone calls or guests or anything now. But it doesn't we're, stop us. We're kind of like, uh, we're kinda like uh, you know, the guy that used to be for Bernie, but then he sold out to Hillary. We're kind of like Bill Maher after his show. He has an overtime thing on YouTube. Yeah, well, don't, don't even mention his name again. Well, I know, but I wanted to point out, you know, <laughs> that he you know, used to be for Bernie and he sold out to Hillary. That's the only reason I brought it up. Oh, he sold way out. Yeah. You know, when he, when he came on and said there was no election fraud, that was it for me and Bill Maher. I used to like that yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, he watched shows whenever I could. Fooled as every, hmm? I was as fooled as everybody else, that's for sure. Yep. I don't yeah, know, man. I don't know. I don't know how anyone can come out and honestly say there was no election fraud and expect people to leave it. I mean, if you look at the exit polls, how can you say it? Obama said it. If Obama yeah. said it, it's got to be true. Must be true. He's even going to have. He's even going to have a, the Justice Department oversee the election to make sure there's yeah. no fraud. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. Oh. I don't know, dude. We got we got to find a way to organize people. Yeah, 
I don't, I don't see gets, any other way. It gets worse every day, every year. It just keeps getting worse. You know, we're more and more of an oligarchy every day. We're run by corporations, you know. And if you say you're anti-capitalist, well, then, you know, you're a socialist, you know. But you don't have to be. Go back go back 50 years, let's say 60 years, to at, right after World War II. You know, there used to be the high, you know, people could make as much money as they wanted. But the highest income tax bracket was like 80%, you know. If you wanted, 82%. If you yeah, if you want to make all that money, you know, and not pay your workers, great. But you're gonna pay it to the government then, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. You, got, you, know, you have a choice. Hey, don't. And what's know. wrong with that? No. Huh? It's. I mean, it, it's just ultimate greed. Is all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, so How many yachts do you need? Yeah. And maybe ninety-two percent. Maybe that's a bit much, even. But, you know, 50%. What's wrong with that? How much more money would the government have if the top income tax bracket for the millionaires, you know, like the CEO of McDonald's that's making millions and millions of dollars a year while paying people seven, eight bucks an hour, you know, mm-hmm. why, why shouldn't he pay 50, 60% of that in taxes? This government, this country is what allowed him to be that rich. And then not only do they milk is that way, they get their money put it in offshore accounts and don't pay taxes on it. Yeah. So, so, so they're hitting us on both ends. Yeah. And we all just take it. Everybody yeah. just says, well, that's just the way it is. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Well, you know, they throw, they throw enough bones, you know, to give you, you know, if you're poor, you get the earned income tax credit, you know, at the end of the year on your taxes, you know, you don't even have to pay any taxes in. And if, you know, if you're not making that much money and you have a couple of kids, tax time, you'll get seven, eight, nine thousand dollars from the government. Income tax you're not paying in. Yes, I agree. That's, but, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Every, time yeah. you, every time you buy a pack of cigarettes or put a gallon of gas in your car or buy a no, loaf no. of bread or a gallon of milk, yeah. so it's income tax, no sure. That's what I mean. Because we're all, you still, you know, we're all still being taxed out our ass. Oh, no doubt. I mean, they you know, yeah. get you one way or the other, you know. I mean, you know, you go to Chicago to buy something, has sales taxes almost 11% now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like nine here in Oklahoma, and some states don't even have sales tax. Yeah. How do they pull that off? If if my state has to have a 10% sales tax to survive, how does another state not have sales tax? Well, I can tell you, like in Florida, they don't have a, they don't have an income tax. There's no state income tax, but it's called tourist tax. You go you go get a hotel room, and the tax on that's like 15%. You know, property taxes are ridiculous compared to you know like Kentucky or Oklahoma. Because there's you know there's no income tax, state income tax on your income, which is only two or three percent usually. It's not very big. Instead of that, but still, you know what? They, they, you know how they do that though. They do that to lower, and that lowers taxes on the rich and puts the burden on the poor. It's, oh, like, it's, no, it's, no. it's, it's just like it's, the sin tax. Yeah, you know where, where I live now in Kentucky, where you used to live, where we grew up. When we grew up, it was all dry counties. You couldn't buy alcohol anywhere. 
except for local bootlegger. You know, it's, it's fine, right. whatever. You know. Now, Lyon County, kind of used to live in, you can buy alcohol there. The tax on it is like 14%. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's 13 point something, but yeah. Sales tax in Kentucky is 6%, so it's more than double that just to tax to buy a six-pack of beer. Yeah. Yeah. And who does that hurt? Again, all these taxes hurt the poor. The only way to fairly tax the rich is income taxes. That's it. Capital gains. The only taxes. way. Yeah. Capital the gains only taxes. Way. Capital gains tax, if you write it up as a capital gain, instead of just you make a shitload of money, it's 15%. Of you know the thirty something percent income tax on it. Hey, no, no. don't 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 blame the Republicans. You know, said so the Democrats were completely in power. Two thousand eight, or Obama took over January two thousand nine until the elections of two thousand ten. For two years, Democrats controlled everything. Okay, they controlled yep. the country, Senate, House. Presidency. They could have passed whatever laws they wanted, pretty much. They could have changed the income tax structure. All these things. Social Security. They, they chose not to, okay? So don't blame it all on the Republicans. Yeah. I don't care. It's not all their fault. No. That's the media. That's that's the job of the media to, to blame the Republicans. Well, no doubt. Unless it's Fox News, and it's their job to blame the Democrats. Yeah. I kind of like watching Fox News now. Well, yeah, I believe I just said that. Rip on Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but finally, it's it, it's sad. Yeah, finally, you know, we've reached the point where, yeah, we as liberals, as progressives, can watch Fox News and enjoy it. That might have been part of the plan all along, too. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much I wonder how much their ratings are up since Hillary got the nomination. Right. I'm sitting there online. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up real quick. I bet their ratings have to be up since Hillary got the nomination. I know I've watched more Fox News. Oh, I have. <laughs> no, Hillary's an idiot. Oh my God! But. He had Julian Assange on there. You don't yeah. think CNN is going to have that man on, do you? Uh, not anytime soon. <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> and what gives the United States the right to call for the assassination of, a, of an Australian citizen? New World Order. New World Order. You know, I mean, that's, you know, for, for years they kept it up, you know, they could keep the military-industrial complex going by claiming, you know, Russians were bad. You know, Soviet Union was horrible. They were our enemies, you know. Well, finally, you know, that ended. You know, obviously, obviously communism as a as an economic model doesn't work. I think the Soviet Union proved that, you know. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, we don't really have, you know, we... we you know, we ran out of enemies. That was our big enemy, you know, Soviet Union. Well, once that collapsed... The United States is proving capitalism doesn't work. Karl Marx was right. 
works for the Karl Marx was right. Capitalism is going to. That's why capitalism is going to eat itself. Yeah. It's going to happen. No, it's the newest. It's the newest form of government. Yes. And it came out of the gate strong. Yeah. You know, and once upon once upon a time, we used to break up monopolies. Yeah. You remember Ma Bell? Yep. You know, monopolies weren't allowed to exist. Most Not- people, and probably most of our listeners, because they're probably younger people. You know, I'm 51. Larry's gonna be 49 here in a couple of weeks. Most people don't remember back when we were kids. With AT and T, was your phone company. That was it. Everywhere in the world, in the country, no matter what, you know, it was AT and T. Was your, you know, now there was local AT and T's because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't control the whole country out of one office. So it was, you know, AT and T in Kentucky. But it was all AT and T. That was it. Was called Ma Bell back then. You know, that was it. You know. Yeah. But you know, we broke that up because it's not right to have a monopoly. You know, it's it's bad. For, it's good for business if you're the one that owns a monopoly. But now we've gone back to monopolies. I mean, all right. Here's my own personal little story. Last uh, until until January first, last three or four years, my health insurance was to Humana, and it was great. I never had any problems. You know, I go to the right. doctor, whatever, do what I want. Well, first of the year, Aetna bought out Humana. Now I'm under Aetna. Now I said, I have stage three liver cirrhosis. It's bad, okay? I can't get them to do everything they can to fight paying for my Harvoni to get rid of the FC so my liver will stop getting worse. It's, you know, it's been six months now that I had a liver biopsy to prove how bad it is, and they still aren't paying for it because it's all about right. money. You know, it, it, what, what choice do I have? You know, the boy out of Humana. I can't stay on Humana. What are you going to do? I hope my doctors can talk them into paying for it. Right. Back, hoping I die of liver cancer first. Yeah. Sounds good. You can't go, you know, I know you got to go to bed. you got to go to work tonight. Yes. But, uh, keep listening. Watch our Facebook page, Green Party Radio USA. Go to the website, greenpartyradio.com. Uh, give me pretty soon, probably by tomorrow. I'll have this episode posted on YouTube where you can check it out. Uh, you can check out the video. I have run it through there. It's pretty good. It's got some good pictures and memes and stuff in there. You can check it out while you're listening. Uh, we'll try to get a special edition going one night this week when we've got time to get together. But, uh, hey, once again, Dr. Joe, he was awesome. Dr. Joe Imperato, ChicagoNow.com, healthcare mythology. Check out his blog. It's got a lot of good information for you. Uh, check out all the other shows on the Bernie Kratz Radio Network. Real Talk with Chad Cushman will be on tomorrow night, Monday night. Uh, just Saying with Mandy Kenny will be on Tuesday. Juan's got all kinds of shows. Just have to go check the schedule because he's on all the time. I don't know when he's on exactly because it's all different nights of the week. I'm Don Ellis. He's Larry Ellis. Uh, you have the final word, Larry. Like I said, guys. We're going to have to organize. We've got to stop Hillary Clinton before November. Because if she's there, she's going to win. And we just can't let that happen. It's bad for our country. It's bad for the world. It's bad for Palestinian children and Syrian children. 
good for Israel. So I guess that's all that really matters, right? Oh, yeah. If you're an Israeli, you definitely want Hillary in the White House. Yes. Or if you're a right-wing Israeli. Not all Israelis are bad. It's the, it's the right-wing. Well, no, of course not. No, let's, yeah, let's not perpetuate stereotypes. Not all Jews are rich, blood-sucking millionaires. You know, you're married to one that, you know, she's not very rich. Her dad's, you know, not real rich. I mean, so not all Jews are bad. Let's not say we're trying to perpetuate that stereotype. I didn't hear you say she's not blood-sucking, though. Oh, well, I don't know about sucking, whatever. That's between you and her. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. That's it. I'm going to play the outro once again. For the hell of it, podcast part of the show. Three Party Radio, Green Party USA on Facebook, GreenPartyRadio.com. We'll be back next Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central for sure. And we may have a special edition during the week. Check out the website at the Facebook page. I'm Don Ellis. He's Larry Ellis. Have a great day, everyone. Remember 9 11. A Wendy's Frosty is something special. And for a limited time, a Frosty is just 50 cents. An American classic for a classic price. It's not quite a milkshake, not quite an ice cream cone. It's definitely chocolate or vanilla. That choice is on you. Use a spoon or a french fry. Anything goes. A Frosty makes summer special. Yep, there's nothing quite like a Frosty. And there's nothing quite like this deal. A Frosty for 50 cents. Get yours before this deal melts away. Small Frosty at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while Geico could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest-growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, Geico has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.